You're listening to audio from Kingsway Christian Church. If you'd like to check out more resources or donate to this ministry, please visit kingswaychurch.org. Welcome to A Step Further, the weekly podcast of Kingsway Christian Church. My name is Andy Lynch. I almost said communications. That's Brooke Gensel's job. (laughs) I am the Connections Pastor here, and I'm joined by Brooke Gensel, the Director of All Communications at Kingsway, right? Yep. (laughs) <laughs> Your title changes every time you're on. I know. Congratulations. Yeah, it does. Yeah. And Leah Lynch, students coordinator. I know that one. Uh, she is my I wife hope. as well. What? I said, I hope you know it. I do know that one. We we don't share an office, but we're right next door to each other. Well, I guess, yes, we the, I guess Christian's in between. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're glad to, to be here with you. And we, we really just want to unpack what Pastor Matt talked about on Sunday, Psalm 22. And this is going to be kind of a familiar cadence as we get into the fall uh, where our groups, and if you are not a part of a group, now's the time to consider doing it a fresh start as all of our groups kick back off in August. But all of our groups are going to be going through kind of what, what Pastor Matt's talking about on Sundays. And so we'll we'll have these opportunities to process through. He asked so many good questions that so many of us don't get a chance to process in the moment or many times even after. And so maybe we'll go home and we'll forget about it and don't have that chance to apply all that he has to to bring to our lives. And so that'll be part of our group study through our different men's groups, women's groups, and family groups. And then also uh, we'll take a parallel passage and we'll take a look. And, and Matt really did a great job matching up Psalm 22 with the four gospel writers in the New Testament and all these 20 different prophecies that we see throughout the writings of Psalm 22. And so he did it for us this week, but we'll get a chance to dive deeper in scripture as groups in the fall. And so we just kind of wanted to practice that for you here today as we look back on Sunday. And so I guess, uh, Brooke and, and Leah, we'll just start there. Was there something, one of the questions we'll always ask in our group time is, was something tweetable that Matt said or something memorable that you're, you're really uh, going to stick on to? And as you think about that, I, I've written down one that I put on my Facebook page. I love to post kind of either a big takeaway or a good quote or a good passage from Sunday. Number one, it helps me remember so that when I go back, I've got my Facebook memories or or perhaps on Twitter, I'm, I'm revisiting things. It helps me remember what I've learned. But then also it's a great uh, testimony to others who perhaps didn't go to church that day or don't know God uh, of something to perhaps pique their interest or start a conversation. And so uh, on Sunday, I posted something that Matt said. He, he made the, the plea really, the passionate plea said, as your pastor, I'm afraid for you that you'll get to the end, you're at the end of your life and realize you've wasted your life. I don't want that for you. And he was talking uh, so much about serving God and that God has us on this planet for a reason. It's not just to exist and be comfortable and have a good family and, and all those American type things that we think about, but it really is to make a difference for eternity and for his kingdom. And how can we uh, serve those around us and serve God ultimately through that. And so I was just really encouraged by, by his plea to us not to waste our lives. He did the same thing at the men's retreat and said, uh, we got we got a certain amount of time, and let's let's do something with it. Uh, so that was kind of my tweetable thing, my Facebook post. Uh, anything stick out for either of you? They pointed at each other, so <laughs> so nobody's going first. <laughs> this is going to be an awesome podcast. <laughs> um, I I will go first. There we go. Um, I don't know. I really enjoyed, like you mentioned, him going back and forth between. Psalm 22 and the various gospel accounts and how 
um, they lined up. And I was really fascinated by just the idea, um, because I didn't think about the fact that a lot of um, people in Jesus' time didn't know how to read or write. Mm. And just the, um, like the, repetitiveness of the oral um, passing down of scripture and um, that sort of stuff. And just realizing that um, when Jesus was on the cross and cried out and said, you know, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Just realizing that what must have been going through the minds of all the people that were listening um, that knew that Psalm, Mm -hmm. like, we see so many things in the gospel accounts of where, um, you know, Jesus is trying to get just his disciples to connect the dots Mm. and to make these connections. And here he is making a very powerful connection. And I just, I don't know. I was very fascinated and like, I wonder what was going through the minds of all of those people as they, Mm -hmm. as those dots were connected, as they began to realize what was going on. We really don't think about that oral tradition at all because we're in such a written tradition. We can Google anything on the internet, and and we we really like to break down a quote or a word. You know, this word matters. Every word matters. I mean, in communications, Brooke, you see this. Mm-hmm. If one word is out of place, that changes the meaning and mm-hmm. tone of an entire sentence. And yet, when we think back to our Old Testament. Like Moses, we think, wrote those first five books. And Moses was years and years after Adam and Eve and years and years after Noah and the flood. And so how did he know? How can we trust what what Moses said to be true in all all those different writings? And it's, Leah, because that oral tradition was so strong. I love what Matt said, that we we forget so much because we're inundated by information. We don't have to memorize it. We can barely comprehend the things that are coming into our minds. Whereas back then, they didn't have the internet. They didn't have TV. And so those stories, they hung on the edge of their seat by the campfire as it was passed down from generation to generation. And those kids... I mean, they could tell for, for verbatim, number one, because they've heard it so much. And number two, they were using their minds to actually remember things. <laughs> and we use Imagine our minds <laughs> to look at cat pictures on Facebook. <laughs> More like dogs, but okay. I'm sorry, Brooke. I offended you. <laughs> Backstreet Boys pictures? Eh, no. Brooke is fresh off a great concert experience with her favorite childhood band. So. Uh, I am, yes. <laughs> and that relates to scripture because... <laughs> Bye, bye, bye. Different, different band. Different band. I learned that an hour ago. Yes. Um, I don't know how to segue off of that. I, I could go off on a Backstreet Boys tangent, but I will save you all. Um, Thank you. But I, I do, I value what you said, Leah, and that was a huge takeaway for me. You know, I think oftentimes as I go through scripture, I'm just in awe of all of the parallels and connections from the Old Testament to the New Testament. And this was one of those times for me as well that I've, I've never connected the prophecy mm. from the Old mm. Testament to the New Testament. And I think that was one of the, the biggest aha moments for me as I was um, listening to Matt speak was exactly that, you know, that, that verse, you know, my God, my God, why have you mm. forsaken me? And the fulfillment of... Um, of the prophecy and, and going back and basically seeing how this psalm connects so much with the suffering that Jesus 
um, experienced yeah. and, and had to experience in order to give all of us freedom and um, to tear the curtain um, mm-hmm. to uh, really get rid of the separation between us and God. Wasn't that cool about the angels and, and how he mm-hmm. said there yeah. were two angels, you know, for the forgiveness of sins, of course, in the, the room uh, where the high priest would go and, and on the Ark of the Covenant. And then there are two angels as Jesus was risen from the dead, one at the head and mm-hmm. one at the foot. I mean, that that connection to me, Leo, was, was just so powerful. It, yeah, it was. And even going back just a step further of the God chose two angels to be the ones that protected the garden once mm, yeah. once that fall happened and just seeing the um, progression. Like I think Matt said, you know, each time it was, you know, God was just getting a little bit closer. Mm. And so that progression of the redemption story where at the very beginning, those two angels were, um, you know, there were two angels protecting us from or protecting Adam and Eve humanity from living in an eternal state of sin. Um, and then with each progression, you know, God is continuing to say, you know, I, I'm here. I want this relationship with you. I want this redemption. Um, and then it culminating in the empty tomb where he's saying it's here now. Mm. And um, the angels that, you know, you see two angels at first protecting, and then you see at the very end two angels that are saying the gate is open. Mm -hmm. We've we've dropped that protection because Mm -hmm. we've given you, you know, God has given you Jesus, and we have that way back to God and to be able to um, going into that relationship with Jesus— knowing that we don't have to fear being stuck in an eternal state of sin anymore. Mm-hmm. What I love about groups is the group leader or anybody can ask a question that nobody might know the answer to. And I'm, gonna, I'm about to do that right now. <laughs> but I just, yes, just what you said, Leah, get ready. <laughs> what you said just brought up a question that like the angel's job, you know, they were protectors. They were messengers throughout the Old Testament. I wonder what changed for them when Jesus rose from the dead and then the Holy Spirit comes to all believers. Wonder what that looks like in the angel universe Mm. if their role does change in that now that we do have full access to God and we have the Holy Spirit living and working in us and guiding us. Any thoughts? This is where I say I don't know. (laughs) You're allowed to. That's great. Can I say same? <laughs> yes, you can. It's an interesting yeah. question, though, isn't yeah, it? It really is. is. Yeah, I had never, Mm-mm. I've never thought about that. Um, I'm not much of a, a question asker my, myself when it comes to just like wondering different mm-hmm. things like that. But I do value, you know, kind of going through those different questions within groups and hearing different perspectives, and even just having the time to sit back and and wonder, mm-hmm. yeah, what. What did that mean, you know, after after the grave? Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I think I almost imagine just at that point they just get to celebrate and yeah. Um, I don't know. That's that's a very interesting question. I'm trying. You're Andy. doing great. You're doing great for. 
Uh, our life crew, our Friday night life crew, we, when we went through the Lazarus life back in the spring, like they'd come up with some really good questions for us. Mm-hmm. And then I'd either bring them to Matt or Matt would somehow touch on them the next week in the sermon. And so we'd all be texting during the sermon. There's another life group question answered. By Matt. <laughs> <laughs> but it was fun how they all, you know, kind of came together. So as you have questions, let us know and we'll slip them into Matt's subconscious and he'll answer them probably <laughs> in the next sermon. <laughs> No promises, but probably. <laughs> uh, one, one other question that he asked uh, that I thought was so good. Even if the worst happens, can you trust God? Mm-hmm. Uh, we think so much in our, and, I, and I, I say it so often, and maybe I shouldn't, but my American consumer mindset is what has God done for me? How have I seen him be faithful? What are the ways I can recount? And even when I counsel folks, I'll, I'll say, you know, how has God provided for you in the past? But mm-hmm. But I don't consider very often what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said. You know, our God can save us, but even if he doesn't, we will still worship him. Mm-hmm. And Matt asked that on Sunday. Even if the worst happens, can you trust God? Is, is there a scenario in your life where you've been asked that question and, and you've had to trust God through perhaps the worst or perhaps a difficult situation? Mm-hmm. Oh, I feel like I've had so many different mm. moments like that. And you would think... Going through it once, you'd learn, <laughs> you'd think. You'd think. But. Um, and then, you know, the next time around, you can say, wow, okay, this is how God provided. Um, but I feel like I've had so many of those scenarios come up, and I've, I've had to ask myself that question. Like, if, if God doesn't provide in the way that I want him to, mm. will I still um, be faithful to him? Will I still... Um, trust in his goodness, his faithfulness. Mm-hmm. Um, even recently for us has been, you know, our, our pregnancy journey. Um, mm-hmm. I'm pregnant, by the way, for those what? of you who don't know me. <laughs> I didn't have extra burritos. I am growing a child. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great way to put it. Yep. Um, but, you know, even that process of, of getting to that point and, the, you know, the scary thing of actually making sure that the baby is growing and thriving. We have run into so many of these moments of uncertainty and fear of, of the what ifs. And I've had to be faced with that question. Okay, what, what if the absolute worst happens? What if I lose this child? You know, will I still trust God? And for many of you listening, maybe that's been a similar story for you, or maybe you've actually been faced with that loss and you've had to reconcile Mm. that, um, you know, wherever you find yourself in life, it's okay to ask that question. I think, Mm. um, if I remember correctly, maybe I made it up in my brain that happens at times, but I feel like there is the freedom in being able to be honest with God Mm. about those questions. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like Matt even mm-hmm. spoke to that on Sunday, mm-hmm. just saying, you know, you can be angry with God. You can question, you can, you know, um, wonder what is going to happen next. Mm-hmm. But but going back to that, that faith point and just seeing God provides and he is mm-hmm. always faithful. He is always there, even when sin gets in the way or um, the enemy takes over, whatever it might be. Like he's, he's constant. Yeah. And he did, he did touch to confirm on that. You, you, you're not just, you know, dreaming it up. Um, that, Cause that was one of the things that stuck out to me was he said, it's okay to be hurt, 
to feel afraid or even be mad at God as long as you still cry out to him. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, for me, that's like, that's been a struggle of just still the, the whole, the whole crying out. Um, and the, it's okay to be angry with God. Um, because growing up in a, um, in a Christian family and in church all my life and uh, all of these things, it just, and it, it, it just seems like, well, you know, God is good. And should I, or can I be angry mm-hmm. at, at him that, cause that just mm-hmm. seems wrong or that just feels wrong. But the reality is um, it's okay as long as we're continuing to come to him, as long as we're continuing to bring that to him. I think that's one of the reasons, not just Psalm 22, but the Psalms in general. That's one of the reasons why I love the Psalms so much is because there's some real raw emotion mm-hmm. in these Psalms. And there are moments where, um, you know, David is like, seriously, God, what's up? Mm-hmm. And why are you doing this? Or why are you letting this happen? Or where are you? Or, um, you know, anything along those lines and to realize that, you know, scripture says that David was a man after God's own heart mm-hmm. and that, I mean, he was one of flaws in all. He was one of Israel's greatest kings. And when you talk about the lineage of Jesus, it goes back to the line of David. I mean, David was was important in, in God's story. And yet in the Psalms, we see these moments where he's just like, seriously come on god what's going on and i don't know there's freedom in that to realize that um not only can i but god wants me to be um to be honest and to be Mm -hmm. transparent to be vulnerable and to just lay it all out Mm -hmm. and um recently i was talking i got to share with um, the high school Um, ministry. And when we broke off into our small groups, we got into these conversations in the girls' small group. And one of the things that um, I remember saying was that kind of along these same lines is that when we don't feel like we've got anybody else around, you know, we still have God. We're never going to walk through anything alone. And this whole idea of bringing things to God and it's okay to be hurt, to feel mm-hmm. um, afraid, to be mad at God. When you come to God, there's nothing that's off the table. Mm-hmm. And I think there's such encouragement in that to know that I can come to God and know that there is absolutely nothing that's off the table. I can bring it all. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing what he does in that because he changes our hearts as we pour out to him. And so many of the Psalms have the same pattern mm-hmm. of Psalm 22. We can read the first line says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me so far from the words of my groaning? Oh my God, I cry out by day. That's distress. That's anger. Mm-hmm. That's aloneness, loneliness. And then look how it ends. It says, posterity will serve him. Future generations will be told about the Lord. They will proclaim his righteousness to a people yet unborn. That's us, for he has done it. And God is doing it in your life. Come to him. Come to him.